scripture, Psalms 1, can be found on page 489 of the Red Pew Bibles. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seats of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. Like, they are like the trees planted by streams of water, which yield the fruit in its season, and the leaves do not wither, and all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches all over the way of the righteous, by the way of the wicked will perish. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Thank you, Jeremy. I invite you to join with me in a word of prayer. You continue to shower us, God, with your presence, with your spirit, and with direction. And so I ask you in this moment to allow this worship that we have longed for, this, this engagement with your holy word that we so much need and celebrate in. May all of this bring us a greater sense of not only the ways in which you blessed us, but the powerful impact we are and can be as a blessing for others in the world. To your glory, for your sake, and in your name we pray. Amen. So are you blessed? Not long ago we had a conversation about this in worship, so this is really just a follow-up to see if you remember what I said back then. Most of you do remember, I guess, because you did say yes, and I think it's true. See, I believe asking and answering the question, are you blessed, is not a measurement by whether it's a good day or a bad day, by whether or not you're going through a great year or a tough year. It is rather simply an acknowledgement and an understanding that we, by our very creation and in the presence of the one who created us, are automatically blessed. We are not only blessed if we have health and wealth and family and friends or whatever else that you have in your life that you enjoy. We are blessed because of these truths that are always true in every moment. You are a child of God whom God made and has called intentionally by name. You are not only loved by this God, but God has chosen to remain present with us in all times. Christ has come to be in this world and to be resurrected, not generically, but for you and for me. And Christ has claimed you in grace. You have been washed in the waters of baptism that tell me that there's already released within you the mighty power of the Holy Spirit, and you are part of an amazing family of faith gathered around you here and scattered around the world for Christ's purposes. You have the promise of abundant life, abundant life here and abundant life forever. I could go on. I could go on and on on this list. You are blessed. And if you still wonder about that, if you're maybe like Amy at about 8.45 this morning, not sure if it's a day of blessing for you, well, I'm not surprised. 
because there's so much in the world that wants to help you understand just how not blessed you are. Every time I turn around, I have some voice, some message, printed or otherwise, giving me the message that there's something else I must become or I must have. There's a way in which I need to smell better, drive better, look better, feel better. There's something that's missing in my life, and I need to go out and attain it. I need to acquire it. I need to capture it. We buy into the message that the world gives us that says basically our life is a deficit and we just need to add to it. The reality is, is that we know that even when we are not fully complete in the world's eyes, we are in God's eyes. The other thing I think keeps us from having a hard time accepting the fact that we're blessed is that in fact there are tough times. There are difficult days, difficult moments, moments when you really are going through Shadows of the valley, moments of trial, of trial, uh, moments of unhealth and just disease and brokenness. But I've come to discover and been taught by those around me who've gone through such moments in faith to understand that even in those moments, God remains present. And Christ in his own life came into the world to show us that he will live his life in a way that demonstrates that not even he had every day wonderful. In fact... Some of the days of his life we remember the most were the most agonizing, and yet God remained present and God's promises were fulfilled in him. Now, I think you already buy into that, or at least know that, at least in your head. The fact is, I'm not sure we always buy into it with our heart. Anybody here ever known moments of despair? Moments when you're not really convinced that you're as blessed as the preacher keeps telling you? Well, how do we find that state of blessedness and stay in it and and not let it leave us or we leave it? The lesson is given to us in the scripture that Jeremy just read in Psalm 1. It begins happy, but really the term is blessed. Blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on God's promises and law night and day. In other words, he's saying to us, the way that we are aware of our blessing is to stay focused on the real truth, to stay focused on God, to stay focused in the ways in which God is moving in our life and in the world, not take our eyes off of God. That doesn't mean you stay in worship 24-7. It just means you set into your life a pattern of behavior that allows you, before any other other message gets into your heart, to persuade you. The first message is this, you are God's child, and that Christ is with you. And I can tell you for a fact that the moment in my life that I have despaired the most, been the most off track and feeling I wasn't blessed, is the moments when I have not been diligent and being focused on God. I began to listen to the other voices, even my own self-doubt. It uses here in the story, or in the psalm, this image of a tree, which among others has decided to sink its roots down deep to find the river that's flowing, to find the nourishment it needs and the strength it needs. And guess what? When a tree does that, how does the tree look? flourishes. It's a strong tree. It's a beautiful testimony of how creation is supposed to be. When we, when we want to be blessed, know that we're blessed, and share blessing with the world, we live in that relationship intentionally, contextually. So the real question then is not only are you blessed, but are you focused in a way on God so that you might continue to be both aware of your blessing 
and then the fullness of it to become a blessing for others. The thing I've discovered about this thing we call faith and this one we call God is God does intend to richly bless us, does bless us regularly, but does not assume that's the fulfillment of the journey. The most fulfilling times in my life have not been when I have been blessed, but when I have found myself able to be a blessing for someone else. When something you do or we do collectively changes the life of someone else, gives them a chance to feel encouraged, and it gets them to see how they are being blessed and how there is hope in their life, gives them a possibility of experiencing abundant life when they thought they had no life. There's nothing better than that. I can't revel in my own joy more than I can celebrate in the joy of another life being blessed. Do you understand that? Would you say amen to that? That's where the goodies come, kids. That's where we start to really have fun. Okay, I'm going to tell you this story. About, uh, I don't know, it was a summer sometime. I was uh, out running around doing things, and um, I'd stopped, and I'm going to tell you, I was actually over at Max and Irma's, okay, on Baldwin, and I went in to have lunch. And uh, my family always busts me because I'm a pretty good tipper. And I figure if you got to work in a restaurant and serve me, you deserve a good tip, unless you don't deserve a good tip, and then there's another issue that's coming your way. But most of the time, I'm a pretty good tipper. But on this one day, you know, I was talking with this person who was serving me, and she's a young girl. She's, you know, going through college, you know. I mean, in my heart, you know, I'm a daddy of girls, you know. So I mean, anyway, at the end of the, end of the meal, I put down on the, on, the, on the table, you know, paid for my meal, and, a, and a, you know, a pretty decent tip because, you know, you want to encourage the kids. So I go out to my car, and I'm getting to my car, and I hear, Mr., 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 and I turn around, and it's my waitress. And she's running after me. That will scare the heck out of you because you don't know what you did wrong. And she comes running up to me, Pastor, you know, Mr., 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 you know what you did? Uh, and, of course, in my mind goes, I don't know, well, what did I do? Oh, Lord, Lord's going to hear about this. It's just not going to be a good thing. You, did, you forgot your change. And I went, oh, no, that's okay, you know, I... You know, I want you to have encouragement for the day. God's blessing you. And, you know, just, you know, I figure five bucks a tip on a, you know, it was a good tip, but what the heck. And she holds up the change from the $100 bill I had given her. <laughs> now, lest you think I walk around with a $100 bill all the time, <laughs> I don't. I happened to have one in my wallet that day as I had recently been to the bank and cashed out a check, and so it was sitting there, and so she's looking at me, and she's got this, like, she thought she was just tipped a hundred bucks on a nine-dollar lunch. (laughs) Now I'm forced into a very awkward situation. How much of the money do I take back out of her hand so I don't look like a chintzy no-good rather than a really extreme generous tipper. And in that moment, I just decided, what the heck? At the end of my life, I won't be looking for that 90 bucks. And I said to her, you be blessed, and you have a great day. And I'm here to testify to you. 
I had a better day. And there's nothing I could have used that $90 for that have brought me as much joy as that moment has continued to bring me. Do you understand? You see, when you begin to realize you get to give your life as a blessing to others, you begin to enjoy the fact, you know, instead of worrying about the 90, I have a memory of this face in my life forever that doesn't know who I am, doesn't know what God I worship, and doesn't know what I do for a profession. All she knows is that she was touched and blessed by generosity. It was an amazing moment in my life. And it happened because I was able to understand in that moment that the blessing was in being a blessing for someone else. That's what I celebrate so much. I want to live my life blessed and being a blessing. It has nothing to do with my vocation. It has nothing to do with anything other than the reveling in the God I know who has decided to be a God of overwhelming, generous blessing. John Wesley, on his deathbed, says this, going out into eternity. He says, the best of all, God is with us. And then he repeated again, the best of all, God is with us. And then he left this earth. And with that being true, the best of all, on every day, in any moment, God is with us. That's a blessing, and I want to be one who is a blessing for others. All of that creates within you a sense of gratitude, a sense of joy and living. Recently, we asked some of the kids in our church what they were grateful for about this faith community. Uh, They gave us some of their responses are like this. The church makes me feel wanted and included, gives me opportunities to travel and meet people on mission trips, provides me with positive influences. Uh, It's an environment where I can feel welcome and safe. I'm grateful for my church because every time I go to church, I become closer to God. I love going to church every Sunday. I'm grateful for the church because I get to learn more about the Bible. I love this. Even if I've heard the story before, I always pick up something new from it. I'm grateful for my church because of VBS, trunk or treat, and movie night. I like how everybody is nice here, and I like to learn about God. These children are grateful because you are providing for them not only a place to gather, but an experience of holiness, an experience of being blessed. And they get in turn to go around and bless others by collecting food and getting screamed at (laughs) and changing the attitudes of others when they realize all they're there for is to help take care of others. They know they're blessed. They may not fully understand the meaning of that term, but then do any of us? They just know they're in a family of faith that's nurturing and blessing them, that's safe, where they are loved for who they are, not what they've accomplished. They're beginning to learn, as we are learning, that we are called to become a blessing for others. John Wesley said it this way. At least he's described to have said it this way. You see it in the card that you received, I think, earlier this week. Do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can forever as long as you can. Now, the truth is, John Wesley may not have said that. We can't find it in any of his writings. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But everyone who studies that saying and studies Wesley says it's the kind of thing he would have said. 
Over the next few weeks, you're going to hear about how many ways this congregation is being a blessing to the world. In our mission outreach, in the food pantry, the folks who are literally hungry who come to us for food, in the discretionary fund that Mary talked to you about most recently where we're able to help people from being kicked out of their homes, in the Camp B program where we nurture and mentor children, feeding them a body and soul and relationship, in the ministry to the lonely. Yesterday, I was able to be with somebody who's going through a life transition, going through a hard time. And yet, as they're going through that hard time, they take joy in the fact that they are part of a community of faith who is walking with them through this hard time. They're not embittered. And even on days they're sad, they know they're blessed. This is a place that's becoming more and more known as a place to come when you're looking for hope. Stories recently I could tell you, but I won't divulge because I don't want to reveal identities of individuals who've come in off the street not knowing us from Adam, but somehow sensing because of what they heard or what they feel stirring in their souls that this is a place to come in and talk to people and connect with people who will love them even when others in their life are not. We are called to be a blessing. We are called to be a blessing to the community. And in that, we're called not simply to pour ourselves out for others so that we're famished, but rather so that we can be filled up with even more blessing. We're invited to go deeper in the awareness of our blessing and to invest ourselves completely into the joy of being that for Christ. We here today are disciples who, if we're willing to open up our hearts, our minds, and our actions, have found the secret to joyful living and being even more blessed. You see, when you have a faith community that realizes it's blessed and doesn't sit around and say, hey, we're blessed, but rather we're in action, we're in mission, we're in service, we're in worship, because that's what blessing takes us to, that community is so distinctive and so unique. It stands out in the world like a beacon on a dark night. It becomes a place where lives are turned around, even our own. And looking at those kinds of communities and being in one is transformational. It gives you a reason to be excited to come to church, even on days when everything else is going wrong, because here we are reminded of the truth. We are blessed. And to see that in action is an amazing thing. Now, recently I saw an illustration of a community that was blessed and living out the blessing. It moved me so much, I wanted to share that vision with you. I invite you to watch the screen. I love that commercial. I love what it says about those guys who've chosen to continue to play basketball with a buddy who couldn't play it in a normal way. Now, some of you may recognize this as a Guinness commercial currently airing on TV. It was at this point the ushers were supposed to walk in and give each a pint. <laughs> We've decided to wait until the day you actually turn in your pledge cards to do that. <laughs> now, some of you may be offended about the fact the preacher's showing a drinking commercial in TV, on, on TV in worship, but let me tell you something. Why I'm moved by that was just the guys on the court. And then I did a little research. You know anything about Arthur Guinness? Arthur Guinness started the Guinness Brewing Company back in the mid-1700s in Ireland. Arthur Guinness took that brewing company to be one of the largest brewers in the world. You know that. But what I didn't know is that 
Arthur Guinness was a member of St. Patrick's Church in Dublin, Ireland. And he was starting his brewery at the same time he came under the influence of a radical preacher named John Wesley, who came to St. Pat's and taught the gospel, who proclaimed the good news, who said you live out your faith by your actions and everything that you do. The faith is not about sitting in church and just being holy, but being the holy ones in the world, inspired by the God who's living with you. Arthur Guinness took that to heart. And in his work, he decided that he was not only going to brew really good beer. He was going to change the world for God. In the middle of the 1700s, he established in the Guinness Brewing Company a passion to make sure his workers were taken care of. They were given an average of 20% wage higher than anyone else around because he wanted to make sure their families could sustain themselves. He made sure, in a day it was unheard of, the doctors and nurses were provided for his employees so they could be cared for medically. He gave them paid vacations to go with their families intentionally so they could be nurturing the family. And he started, on his own and largely out of his own pocket, the first Sunday schools in Ireland. Why? Because he knew it was the only way in which underprivileged and poor children would ever have a chance to learn how to read. And so he began teaching on Sundays and inspired other churches and got a lot of flack for it from people who thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world on the holy day to teach God's Word and a little bit of writing, reading, and arithmetic. Guinness started a company with a Christian heart. And in the book, God and A Search for God and Guinness, which is not a bad book to read, by the way. It's a book about living blessed and being a blessing for the world and how that impacted generations of Guinness family members and that company even to this day. Now, why do I tell you that? Two reasons. A rabbi once told me that the reason a Jewish boy eats a kosher pickle is that every time he eats a kosher pickle, he'll be remembered of who he is. Every time from now on, you drink a Guinness. And you know who you are. <laughs> you be reminded of the fact that there is a way in which God blesses the world when people of faith surrender totally into being a blessing for the world in his name. The ripples that happened in the pond because of what Guinness did touched generations of people not only in Ireland but around the world all because Arthur Guinness sat in front of a, United, I mean, a Methodist preacher who happened to say things like, do all the good you can by all the means you can and all the ways you can and all the places you can and all the times you can to all the people you can forever as long as you can. Don't stop giving. Don't stop being a blessing because Guinness discovered what Jesus knew, what Wesley knew, and what we're discovering, that when we give, the blessing becomes the joy. And lives transformed become the witness and testimony that we live. We are a blessed community and a blessed church. And such gives us the opportunity not to sit on our laurels, but to experience the fullness of what God is inviting us to do, the fullness of what God can do around us. So blessed ones and blessed church. Are you aware of your blessing? Are you? 
Have you taken it to the next level and made the connection that being blessed is only given to you so that you can take it to the next level of enjoyment and fulfillment and abundant life by blessing others by what you give out of your blessedness? And all that starts with a generous heart. All that starts with an attitude of gra- understanding of gratitude. Guinness decided this, God's so good, I'm going to spend the rest of my life and everything that I do in my career to serve and honor God. Would that not be a wonderful testimony to make? What are you grateful for? How are you blessed in this church? You were handed a card as you came in. It's in your bulletin. Do you have it? John, are you out there? John, could you come in, please? Do you have it? Does anyone not have this card? John, come up here where they say they raise their hands if they don't have it. John's got a card. Does everybody have a card? I'm going to invite you to do me a favor right there. He needs a card. I'm going to invite you to do this right now because this is important. This is critically important. If you don't know what you're grateful for and you don't know how much you're being blessed, Jack, you have no capacity to be able to give the giving and the offering and receive the blessing that comes from the same. So I'm going to invite you right now. I'm going to take time. I want you to fill out this card. In what ways are you blessed to be part of this congregation? In what ways are you grateful to be a part of this congregation? And what are you grateful for that this church is doing in your name and in the name of Jesus Christ for the world? I'm going to invite you to write that down on the card. We're going to take a few minutes to do that. And after you do that, we're going to take the offering. I'm going to invite you to give generously. Yes, I am. Because I just think that's what we ought to do as blessed people of God. It's not about what the bills are. It's not about whether we're behind or ahead in the finances. It's not about how you're feeling today. It's about knowing that you are blessed. I'm going to invite you to give deeply. I'm going to invite you to put your card in the plate as well. Because I want you to know what I felt this summer when I put it out of the parking lot and had a moment in my life that occurred that I'll never forget. I want you to know that too. Take your time to fill out your card. I'll wait on you for a few minutes. I'm going to give you a little more time to fill it out, but I want to give you this instruction. Amy corrected me. I'm going to invite you to be able to turn in these, pledge, these cards around uh, what you're grateful for after the worship. Out in the back, the ushers will be out there with baskets. I just want you to dump them in the baskets so you have a little more time to fill them out. We're going to take the offering right now that we normally take. You can continue to fill out your cards, and we're going to continue with worship. But allow me to pray for you right now and for our state of blessedness and for this church. Let's be in a spirit of prayer. Gracious and loving God, we are just shocked every day when we realize what you're doing in our midst and what you're asking us to do for your sake in this world. There's no way that we will ever accomplish any of this or even can receive the blessings we have apart from you. And so let us ground ourselves in you, let us be present to you, and let us be sold out to you entirely. So the generosity that begins to shape our heart 
directs our actions and blesses the world all in your holy and precious name in the name of jesus christ receive this offering we take and these cards we give to your glory amen